This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now, here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. And good morning on this Saturday morning. And of course, uh, weather is just continuing to be dry, warm, everything else. It's been a great summer so far. Uh, Sometimes a little too hot, but hey. Too hot, I guess uh, we just have to expect now with the climate changes and everything else. We're here for three hours uh, till 11 o'clock. And, of course, uh, taking your phone calls at 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Dave Grosby joining us at 1030. And so let's get started with some headlines. Well, the uh, Mariners had a great win last night. I mean, they were down 3 nothing early in the game, and it did not look good. Uh, you know, hey, uh, Gonzalez was really struggling, uh, you know, early in the game, but then was able to sort it out and then just give up the three runs. And then finally, the offense came back. They tied it up, and then, of course, Mitch Hanniger hit a grand slam home run in the eighth inning to win the game 7-3. to Series continues tonight at 7-10. Mariners now five games over five hundred. In the NFL, Frank Clark is in trouble. I mean, you know, he just got his hearing uh, on uh, gun charges. And, you know, this isn't even the Uzi gun that they found. This is a March 13th uh, situation where he had a gun, a handgun, and a rifle that was in his car. And he faces the possibility of three years in jail. And there still hasn't been any resolution as far as the Uzi, which is probably going to be worse. You kind of get the feeling that he's not going to have a season. I think he's going to go on the exempt list. And then the Chiefs have to make a decision with that, you know, whether they can get the guarantees in his contract gone and let him go. But, I mean, you know, Frank Clark with two gun incidents and the worst of it, he's not charged. But the one that he did get charged for is going to be a a three-year possibility in jail. Now, most likely he's not going to have to serve three years in jail, but he is in trouble. Uh, Storm lost last night, but still in great shape as far as where they stand and everything else, as far as the WNBA and all that stuff. So stay tuned on that front, and those are our headlines. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to JB in Renton. Hey, JB. Hey, Mr. Clayton. How are we doing this fine Saturday morning? Oh, we're hanging in there. Hanging in there. All right. You were talking about Frank Clark. Is he he like, uh, what do they call that? He can't have any guns in his possession? Well, That's not in a car. You can't be driving around in a car in L.A. with guns in your car. That's true. That's true. That happened in L.A. That is definitely true. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, but I, 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 obviously he wasn't thinking, but it's like, what, what are you doing? And he says, <coughs> oh, those were uh, guns that for my team. Well, your team destroyed you. It's like you're the one in the car. You have the guns in the car. Take oh the guns God. out. Guns for his team. Yeah, from his team. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Oh, my. My, my, my. I mean, Boy, think about this. Terrible. It's like, okay, we can talk about suspensions and everything else, but we're talking about jail time. Yes. Yes. You're talking jail. You're talking going to Colonel Clank. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, no. I'm not going there. Oh. I, I, wow. Wow. It, it's unbelievable. Just unbelievable. And he just got paid. Didn't he just get paid from Kansas City? Yeah, he got twenty. He got twenty point five million dollars last year. Wow, twenty point five million dollars a year, and now it looks like uh, you know. What, what, and, and here's the bad part for the the Chiefs is that uh, they can put him on the commissioner exempt list. 
and then he just basically goes on paid vacation because if he goes because on the exemplist you still get paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Until they find out what's going on, are you think they're going to try to find a way to release him, or you think they're going to? They might. I mean, I know yeah. he has another hearing on July 14th, but the, at this stage, I mean, it looks bad. Because, you know, yeah, what, they have, what they have to do is that, you know, they're going to arraign him on the 14th, and you'd have uh-huh. to think there's a, a, a chance that, you know, instead of going to training camp, he's going to be in jail. Oh, man. What are we? Oh, man. You, you know, it, it's, just, it's just weird, Mr. Clayton. The, the, the hardest time of the year for NFL football players is this. 45 to 50 day window before you go to back to the uh, training camp. Right. Yeah. That is where I think a lot of coaches sit back and say to themselves, oh my, let me just, I can't wait. Really, I, I don't want to hear that three o'clock phone call. Mm-hmm. It well, is terrible. Well, I'll tell you what, though, it's actually been better in the last yeah. like, three, four, five years. I mean, it's cleaned up a little bit, I guess, because of suspensions and everything else. Like I was just counting up the other day. I think there's like, uh, you know, 16 players this year, and I'm talking about from January, who've been arrested for something. Uh, last year, obviously, it was, it was 17, but of course, last year, nobody was out because of the pandemic. I mean, you can't go anywhere. It was 21, yeah. uh, and what I, what, I do, what I do is I take it from the beginning of the off season till like uh, the start of training camp. So it's 21, and it used to be 27, 28, in the 30s. So it's, it has come down. Uh, but like, uh, the Arizona, Arizona had an inside linebacker who they drafted and planned to start. I mean, he got an arrest for a DUI, but yeah, this is a scary time because, you know, this is a time when all of a sudden you're a general manager, you pick up the phone and you, or the phone rings, you go, uh Oh, is this going to be bad or not bad? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right now. It, 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 definitely. If you see a number that you, you're not, it doesn't, you don't recognize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy. Here we go. But let's talk a little football. Let's talk about the Patriots. The Patriots got a couple of little issues there. They got Joe on the cornerback. He's asking for a new deal. Mm -hmm. You know, he wants to get paid what he's worth. And you've got uh, 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 the wide receiver. The wide receiver, Harry. Yeah, Yeah, and take care of Harry? Yeah, Nikhil Harry. Now, Mm -hmm. Nikhil Harry came out as a first-round pick. Right. Now, he he came in one year with Tom Brady. Second year with Cam Newton. Do you think he's a bust? Oh, 100%. Oh, he's a big bust. Okay. And, and again, it's like, if you look at the history of Bill Belichick and wide receivers, I mean, it's awful. I mean, really, I mean, the only one that he hit above, like, the seventh round or so was uh, Dion Branch. That's going back. Yeah, it's like, uh, that's, uh, and, and it's like, uh, he's terrible at drafting wide receivers. And, you know, and yeah. Harry, so the, prob- the problem with him right now is that, sure, it's like, you know, they'd like to cut him, get rid of him, all those different things, because, you know, he's not good enough to make the team. But the problem is he's got pretty much a full guaranteed salary because he's a first-round pick. Yeah. What would be the, nobody's going to trade for him. I don't know. I mean, somebody might. I mean, you Maybe. know, Philadelphia might. I mean, because yeah, what, what's the, what's the, what are they going to get in return? It'd be a seventh-round pick in 2023. That's all they're going to get. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, yeah. Knowing that you know right now that, that they, they're willing to get rid of him, that would give them peanuts too also. Mm-hmm. Just to get him, just to take him, yeah. Now, in the case, in the case of Gilmore, uh, and now it doesn't appear that the Patriots want to trade him, but certainly Gilmore you know, wants to be paid. 
and you know he got a seven million dollar base salary right now, and he doesn't feel good about that. Is he going to hold out or not hold out? You know because uh, you know the initial thought all off season was that Gilmore was going to be traded. You know two years ago he was a defensive player of the year. Last year he was injured and did not have a good season. So it's like and, you know is Bill Belichick going to pay him seventeen eighteen million dollars? There's no way. No, that's not that's not Bill Belichick's style to no. pay you that kind of money. It's particularly if you have any kind of any little thing, little slippage or anything that you I mean, look at Jimmy Collins was in the problem of his his his, mm-hmm. his his playing career, and he traded him. You know, uh, Jones, the, the defensive end, was one of his best pass rushers. Right, he traded him. Yeah, he traded Richard Seymour. Richard Seymour. You can tell me Richard Seymour is one of probably one of the most dominating defensive tackles at, at, at his point in time play with the, with the Patriots. Right. He traded him. Uh huh. I mean, I mean, you look through his history; he's always been known for that. Getting rid of a player before he starts to make the decline, or as he's making the decline. I mean, and here's the weird part: you bring up Jamie Collins. I mean, Jamie yeah. Collins is like the the last time that Bill Belichick drafted a position player that made the Pro Bowl. Wow. Yeah, so not, what, what was that, 2012? Yeah. What does that say about his drafting? Terrible. His drafting. He drives terrible. Yeah. I mean, you know, where he's good and being able to figure things out is that, you know, he'll study how players play during the season on other teams, and then he'll start making moves to get guys who are in their rookie contracts, third, fourth year, and get them at a cheap price. And then if they're good, he'll keep them. If not, He'll, uh, you know, trade him or let him go and try to get compensatory picks. Yeah, then he'll move on to the next. I mean, Tom Brady stabilized that for a long time for him, too, also. Yeah. Being there. That helped out a lot having a quarterback there that could stabilize that situation for you. And, you know, then after that. Did you see Jones being the starting quarterback, the kid from from Alabama? Too early to tell. Uh, yeah, I mean, really? you have to see the open competition. I mean, it's like a, it is a competition. I mean, there is a mm-hmm. possibility. I mean, you figure that he does want to stay with the veteran quarterback, and so Cam Newton most likely will start. But like anything else, it's open competition. Anything goes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that that's something interesting to see how that turns out over there. It's just it's just weird to see. You know, Gilmore. Is he going to do anything with him, or are you just going to let him hold out? Right now, it doesn't look like they're they're, gonna, they're planning on trading him. He's going to they're going to stay with him. We'll see wow. how that goes. But as far as that's concerned, it's another quarterback competition, Mister Clay. Mm-hmm. What about the Chicago Bears? They got they got Justin Fields over there. They got they got uh, Andy Dalton over there, and and one other quarterback, uh, Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right now, I mean, I mean they're they're still saying Andy Dalton's QB one. Okay. <laughs> I'm not laughing. Oh, I'm laughing. Yeah, but, but see, here's here here's the issue, and I can understand it. Now, I mean, you watch Russell Wilson, and he runs around mm-hmm. to try to get make extra plays, and sometimes he'll hold on to the ball too long. That's Justin Fields. I mean, Justin Fields got sacked a lot in college, and he'll hold on to the ball for 2.95 seconds. And if that's the case, you know, their offensive line, they lost their uh, – you know, they got rid. Of, they didn't re-sign uh, Bobby Massey, their right tackle. They uh-huh. uh, cut Charles Leno, their left tackle. They're really not good in their interior offensive line. So if you put Fields in there at the beginning of the season with no running game, because they don't have much of a running game, you know, it's all of a sudden right. he's vulnerable for more sacks. 
True. That's true. It makes a lot of sense. So you, you, you wouldn't you look at Nick Foles over Andy Dalton, Mr. Clayton? I no. Mean, right quick, would you? No. I no. Mean, no. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, Foles didn't do anything last year. He just doesn't seem to fit into the offense. I mean, they wanted to trade him. Uh, in fact, they were all set to trade him to Philadelphia. And Nick, because he has a guarantee in his contract, says, I'm not going to go to Philadelphia. I'm not going to go back there. Didn't like uh, no. how they let me go. Uh, they're not going to be a good team. So, no, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to allow that. That makes sense. It makes sense definitely for that as far as that's concerned. I just, I just me, I think, maybe he doesn't fit in the offense, but I think he's a much better quarterback than Andy Dalton is. What do you say? No. No? No, I mean, Andy, say what you want. I, mean, I know that Foles helped get them Ooh. to the Super Bowl. <clears throat> but if you check out a lot of his regular season games, they aren't good. At least in the case of Andy Dalton, he had that five straight year period from 2011 on where he made the playoffs every year. Now, they didn't win any playoff games because they were the Bengals. But, I mean, he made the playoffs five straight years. And so, uh, you know, he gets rid of the ball quickly. He's a smart quarterback. He's good in the quarterback room. So he's he's QB1 right now. The only thing I can go back on is what he did last year with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, uh, well, did you okay. see anything? Did you see, see anything better from Nick Foles? Uh, no, not really. No, you got a point there. Yeah, Mitchell Trubisky came in and got him in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at eight and eight. At eight and eight. At eight and eight. That that well, you won't be able to have an eight and eight this year with that yeah. seventeen game season. Yeah, you know, you might be able to. You might have to change those things up. Does that mean that? That uh, Billy Q. Herrick and the, and the coach, they're going to have some issues as far as that in Chicago. Oh yeah, I mean if, if they, they if they don't win, they're in trouble. I mean that's simple as that. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe maybe Matt Nagy gets to stay because they got a young quarterback and uh, you know in Fields, but uh, the general manager will be in Ryan Pace will be in trouble. Yeah, Ryan Pace. That's right. Ryan Pace used yeah. to be with the Saints. He used to be with Nicky Loomis. Wait, right, right quick, Mr. Clayton, I'll let you go on this one. What do you think about Mickey Loomis getting, getting under the cap and having a little cap room? Is he going to go after a cornerback, a virtual cornerback? I don't think so. I don't think they have the ability no. to do it, no. I mean, it's like, a, no. you know, they're going to, I think they're going to go and stay uh, with Jameis Winston because I'm not sold on uh, Taysom Hill as being a quarterback. I mean, he's a good football no. player, but he's not a quarterback. So I think that they're going to go with Jameis Winston. And again, remember, they still, you know, they say what you want. I mean, no, they, uh, you have a budget. And uh, they got to do something with Marcus Lattimore. You know, they may try to do something with Richard Sherman, uh, but we'll yeah. see. Hey, JB, thank you for the phone call. All right, Mr. Clayton, we'll talk next Saturday, my friend. All right, sounds good. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Raider Jim. Hey, Raider. Jim, Hi, how John. are you? How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good, John. Doing good. So uh, i got two like, kind of entertainment-related media yeah. things I wanted to talk to you about, and then, of course, the Raiders. But uh, have you uh, have you ever heard of this documentary that came out? Because I know you're a man of funk and soul called The Summer of Soul. Have you heard about that? No, I've not. Tell me about it. Oh God, it's it's really great. It happened at the same time in the summer when Woodstock was happening, but this was in Harlem, uh-huh. and it was it 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 it's a documentary on a, a really great uh, rock festival or music festival, I should say. Uh, it's directed by Questlove, the band leader from the drummer of the Roots, 
and it's got David Ruffin, Mahalia Jackson, Nina Simone, uh, Sly and the Family Stone, Stevie Wonder, The Fifth Dimension, B.B. Uh, King, Gladys Knight and the Pips, The Staples, wow. uh, Hugh Masekela, uh, Max Roach. I mean, you got to see these folks playing live, and what they did is there, there was these films, there was this film in, in a vault uh, by the person who filmed it, and he couldn't get it sold. No one wanted to buy um, the rights to have it a theatrical release. So they finally put together all the pieces of the film. I'm sure it's going to win tons of awards for doing that because it came from all sorts of different sources and different angles, and they put the music together. I mean, it's just a really wonderful thing to witness. And the crowd was just great. Uh, very, very dissimilar to the crowd that you saw at Woodstock. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And it was just really wonderful to watch the music being played. I mean, seeing Stevie Wonder play the drums <laughs> and seeing Sly and the Family Stone, I mean, it was just incredible to see that. And I know that you being you like that kind yeah. of music, you would appreciate it. So what, now where, where, where can it be seen or where has it been seen? You can see it. Uh, it's, it has a limited theatrical release. And, uh, and I think it is playing here in Seattle. Mm-hmm. You can also find it on Hulu, and that's how I watched it. And uh, it was just fabulous, John. I think you'd really get a kick yeah, out I of would. it. Yeah, I would. And uh, what's that? I, I definitely would. Yeah, I think you would too. Uh, and then some, some, some. There's a podcast out there, and I think you're familiar with it. It's called The Ringer, and they've they've got uh, Peter Schrager and, and Sean McVay on there. And I know people have made a big to do around here about the Kyle Shanahan uh, interview, but that's the one that came before that was a two-parter with Troy Aikman. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was quite revealing. I mean, you're big on being, a, you know, the journalist that you are right. and being objective. And it's, I think, the greater insight from those, because it was a two-part podcast. The second one was really revealing in the sense of how Troy Aikman transitioned from being a player to being in the broadcast <laughs> and what he does to try to stay objective. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was, uh, the insights that he offered there were quite good. And, you know, I've always liked him as a player and as a person. Of course, he's in the Hall of Fame and deservedly mm-hmm. so. Just a great player. Uh, and I just thought that it was very, very interesting, some of the insights he gave as far as what he does, how he gets prepared, um, what he does with Buck in the booth, if mm-hmm. you will. And they're friends, by the way, very good friends. And so I think that, I think that, that plays out when you hear them on a broadcast. Yeah, and of course, I mean, uh, watching uh, Troy through the years and, you know, seeing him at games and things like that, I really do respect, you know, how he handles things. And, you know, like, for example, even with the Cowboys, being a former Cowboy great, uh, you know, and, you know, he he's not afraid to hold back and, you know, make negative comments on things he doesn't think are right with the Cowboys. And you right. got to respect that because he's trying to be as objective as he can. And obviously he's going to be favoring the Cowboys in every single way, having been a former Cowboy. But if he didn't like something that Jerry Jones did, he'll say it. Right. And with all due respect to John Madden, when he was in the booth, um, I think he found it difficult to be objective about the Raiders as opposed to the way Aikman has been objective uh, with the Cowboys. And he says that. He says, look, it's it's tough, you know, sometimes, Mm -hmm. but he has to be that way. And he was in Dallas still, he says. So I thought that was really interesting. And I think you'd get a big kick out of it. Maybe your audience might, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, PFF. Last week, because we missed last week, I missed you, John, last yeah. week, by the way, um, they came out with the, the best rosters, who has the best rosters, and they ranked them all. And they ranked the Raiders as number 26. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat apoplectic about PFF these days. I mean, um, 
they ranked the Cincinnati Bengals above the Raiders, the, the, the Atlanta Falcons above the Raiders. You guys just talked about the Chicago Bears at number 23. I mean, I, the ones that were ranked worse but um, worse than the Raiders were the Panthers at 27, the Jags at 28, the Eagles 29, the Jets at 30, the Lions at 31, and the Texans at 32. And I yeah. agree with most of those ones that are on the lower rung there. Uh, uh, but... I mean, worse than the Chicago Bears? Well, no, you. I, I would no, I would agree that they're worse than the Chicago Bears because I mean, say what you want. I mean, the Bears have like about ten players who have been to the Pro Bowl. I mean, you look yeah, at some so of the players on their defense, and uh, now again, they're they're not good on the offensive line. That's a problem. Uh, you know, Tariq Cohen is not really a great running back, but he's been to the Pro Bowl as a special teams player. They yeah, do have Allen Robinson. Good. Talking about the quarterbacks. I mean, who is their quarterback? I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, at least with the Falcons, you can say Matt Ryan's a quarterback. Yeah, but there's no way you can put the Falcons and the Bengals ahead of the Raiders. I, that one, I, I say that's ridiculous. Thank you. That's all I wanted to hear, John. Yeah, but again, it's like well, at least with the Bears, I mean, it's like okay. I mean, they've got uh, even if they they might trade him or so, Akeem Hicks on the defensive line. They've got Khalil Mack, even though he didn't have a great season last year. You know, they've they've got some really good players. I mean, they got a a great safety in Eddie Jackson, and so it's oh, like yeah. uh, you know, so when they they've had ten position players who are been Pro Bowlers. I mean, and the Raiders don't have that. I mean, and again, I mean, you know, where they've Certainly, they're going to be in the mid twenties, uh, not twenty six. But is because again, they've they've drafted so poorly. Well, I, I agree, John. I agree with that, but I don't agree with the fact that either the the, the, the Bengals or the Falcons are above them. I just I find that hard. No, to I agree. Think. I agree with that. And I, I just I just I I just you know, Polian came out you know last week and he was he was at a conference or something like that. You know, he doesn't take into account a lot of these metrics. And I, I don't know whether I agree with it or not. It's, it's interesting. It adds insight. But, you know, sometimes analysis paralysis can really lend itself to some really wacky results, and I think this is one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I just, look, <laughs> the Raiders, they, they barely lost some, some games. They barely, lost, they barely won some games. But they're not as bad as those, those teams. No, and I just <laughs> Okay. And then lastly, K.J. Wright. What's going on with K.J. Wright? Where do you think he's going to land? If, and will he usually go land with the Raiders? He could. I, right now, uh, in fact, I went through this last night. Uh, and, you know, it's like, and here's where the market is. And that's where I think it affects him, Richard yep. Sherman, and so many others. Okay. Since May 1st, right? May 1st, there's yep. only been six players that got three, three plus million dollars a year. Only six. And so, like, you know, and if you're an offensive lineman, you might be able to get it because, like, for example, Alejandro Villanueva got $7 million a year on a, on a two-year deal. And, uh, you know, uh, Eric Fisher got eight point three. But everybody else, you know, like, for example, you had two $3.6 million deals for offensive linemen. Morgan Moses uh, got three point six, and uh, it was $3 million for uh, Trey Turner going to Pittsburgh. And so, and then of course you got uh, you know Sheldon Richardson getting three point six, and so it's like you know that's the market. The market's you know three million, three point six million dollars or less. Would they play for that? And right now, nothing's happened. Hey, hey, uh, Jim, thank you for the phone call. Okay, John, take care. All right, thank you. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. Let's go to Tara in Mercer Island. Hey, Tara. Hi, Mr. Clayton. How are you? Good. How are you? 
Good. I'm enjoying staying out of the heat. I'm up in Alaska helping my family flying business. How oh. are you doing with the heat? Uh, good. I mean, fortunately, I, I got the you know place that we built uh, you know like less than ten years ago. Uh, the air conditioning is good. In fact, it's so weird because, like for example, you know uh, to keep Pat, uh, my wife, in a nice you know decent temperature, uh, you know I have to put the thermometer at a certain degree. And so, like for example, I'm down here you know doing the show and I'm freezing, so I have to have a, a blanket on me. And then, of course, when I'm upstairs with my bed to the right of hers there's a big vent there and so like for example when i go up at 11 o'clock and try to go back in bed and try to rest a little bit <coughs> i'm gonna have to have the caregiver <coughs> takes two towels put them in the dryer and heat them up for me and put them on top of my extra sheets in the bed <clears throat> wow that sounds complicated it's complicated but again it shows you how good the air conditioning is yeah Besides the Seahawks, what other NFC team do you see making it to the divisional round this year? Well, I mean, I think obviously Tampa Bay has the edge over New Orleans in the NFC South. <clears throat> Green Bay, if Aaron Rodgers comes back, has the edge. And if he's gone <clears throat> or holds out, then it'll be Minnesota. Then you look in the East, I still think Dallas uh, with the talent that they have, uh, have the edge over Washington, even though a lot of people, more people than not, are picking uh, Washington. But again, I think, hey, you got Dak Prescott going against Ryan Fitzpatrick, advantage Prescott. I agree with you. I think the Cowboys will make the divisional round. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the Cowboys have a lot of talent. Um I also think you can't count the Niners out. They're a really good team. Yes, they've had injuries in the OTAs, but I find them the most curious team because um, Jimmy Garoppolo has gotten injured a lot in the past, and I wonder how Trey Lance will do if he's called upon in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I agree with you that the 49ers are going to bounce back and be a threat. I mean, the Rams are still going to be good. Arizona thinks a nine-win team. <coughs> it's, a, it's a tough division. But in the end, I still think Seattle has the edge because, you know, they've added to the pass rush. You know, they've, I think they've added to the offense. <coughs> it would help if Josh Gordon gets cleared from his suspension and they can add him again. So it's like I, I think they're in good shape, even though most people around the league aren't giving him any credit for anything and having him in, their, in the third spot in their predictions. Yeah, I people are just sleeping on the Seahawks again. I don't like bringing it up, but mm-hmm. I think the drama was all of Russell Wilson and him not being happy enough has really gotten people off track. But my advice is that to them is just to look at Twitter and what he's saying on on social media. He's called one. He's complimenting the front office mm-hmm. on the moves. And also, they need to get Jamal Adams signed. And one intriguing thing I thought about Wes Wilson said is he would take, not a pay cut, I'm blinking, he would restructure his contract for someone that important. And I read your article about Jamal Adams, and yeah. I kind of find myself... Um, I'm usually for 
um, him to get 15 or 16 million. But like you said in the article, he got 9.8 sacks, and he might want 18 million or 17 million. So now they're at a stalemate. And what would you do in that position? Well, I mean, let's put it this way: you saw what they did with Jadavian Clowney. They weren't going to pay him the 20 million, and they weren't going to pay him the 17 million. They got up to 16 million, and I think that's going to be the case with Jamal Adams. If he wants too much more than 16 million, then they can just say, "No, we're not going to do it. We'll put the franchise tag on you next year." It's like, uh, you know, wake up! It's like you're a safety. Safeties don't make 18 million dollars right now. So uh, I think they they can still get a deal, but, I mean, Jamal has to be reasonable. I agree. Do you see, um, with the new offense, them incorporating Will Disley more in the short passes? Because I think that's what lacked a lot last year. And you talk about um, how Russell held on to the ball because yeah. he looked more for the long Balls, do you think that they'll incorporate Will Disley more? I think so, because what ended up happening is that, uh, you know, they, when, when you have like 129 targets with uh, Tyler Lockett and 125 or so, you know, with, uh, and again, we saw that with Tampa Bay, because it was the same thing, even though they have two really good tight ends, is like uh, when you have a great wide receiver duo, you tend to get the ball to them. And so with uh, Lockett and DK Metcalf, you know, they got most of the targets. And so, uh, you know, and of course, you know, the, the let, let's hope that the let Russell Cook thing died down. But one thing, you know, with the Rams type of offense that they're bringing in there, they use more two tight end sets and they use a lot last year. But I think with Gerald Everett and uh, Disley, they'll get more involved with the offense. Hey, Tara, thank you for the phone call. Thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, <coughs> 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Mike in Renton. Hey, Mike. Hey, good morning, John. How are you? Hanging in there. Good. Hey, John, how was date last last night uh good good pat uh, was able to get uh, some crawfish chowder and she loved that uh able to get a good salad uh good dessert so uh went good yeah that was where freddie max we went to jimmy max oh was it any i mean uh do you recommend it yes very much oh, okay i have to check that out here in renton i mean it's a good uh, barbecue type of place and uh you know their uh, sassy sausage is great uh and their steaks are great really good place Oh, good. Okay. Hey, John, uh, I was dissecting the Steelers' schedule. They mm-hmm. got a brutal schedule. Oh, they do, yeah. Oh, they, had, they had an easy schedule last year, like all teams in the AFC East, and usually if you have an easy one, you get a tough one coming back. Oh, man. I see, if I'm lucky, I see maybe 10 wins. What mm-hmm. do you think? I think I'd be accurate, yeah. Oh, they got a – and then they open up mm-hmm. with Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not good. Oh, at Buffalo. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I see they're, they're playing the Seahawks. Is that game in Pittsburgh? That's in Pittsburgh, yes. Oh, that's a Sunday night game, I notice. Yep. No, they that's, they do have a tough schedule. Yeah, they got the Hall of Fame game with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Are you going there? Uh, no. So far, I've not been able to figure out any travel yet. 
mm-hmm. uh, wait, waiting for a lot of things to uh, you know be resolved and all those different things. And so, uh, yeah, not going to go, not going to go to the Hall of Fame game. Probably, I'm definitely not going to make a training camp tour. You know, I just you know, right now I just can't risk it. Yeah, that's true with the COVID. It's still alive and well out there. Yeah, no, I've I've been vaccinated, so it's like I'm protected and all that stuff. But uh, you know, right now. Not in the cards. At some point here, I will start to travel. It's just a matter of when. As far as letting fans in the stadium, what is it going to be, like 50%? No, it's 100%. Oh, it's 100%. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So that means ticket prices will probably go through the roof. Oh, yeah. Uh, no oh, question okay. about it because, again, it's like now everybody wants to get back, see some football, all those different things. Yeah. The owners got to recruit their money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, hey, John. Any no, any uh, significant notes or reports in Pittsburgh for their training and so forth going on? No, because again, it's like it's been quiet since the mini camp. I mean, you know, the, they got Trey Turner on the offensive line. You know, got him to a one-year, three million dollar deal to replace David DeCastro. Uh, uh, there was some talk that maybe they would have gone for Morgan Moses, but they didn't do that. Uh, I mean, there's still some wonderment whether they're going to add another running back. Uh, but no, it's 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 real quiet right now. Um, you know, they, they they still feel pretty good about where their roster is. They feel good about where Ben Roethlisberger is, and certainly their wide receiving core. They feel pretty good about. Yeah. All right, John. You take care. Have a okay. good weekend. Sounds good. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. Let's go to Irish Mankey. Irish Mankey, how are you? Mr. Clayton, fantastic, and uh, survived the great heat wave, you know. Yeah, yeah. and, and with another hot stretch coming up here, not as hot as it was certainly during that three-day stretch two weekends ago. Record breaker, no oh, doubt. You know, brutal. I heard uh, on the, one of the news channels here uh, a day or two ago, they they said that uh, there were some incredible amount of 80-some-odd deaths uh, mm-hmm. from this heat wave in the state of Washington. Yeah, and I think there was like about 100 or so plus shattering, in Oregon. You know, in Oregon. Shattering the, the death mark from a heat wave And, ever, now, and now, it's moved, it's, now it's moved down to uh, California. I mean, you're talking about uh, Death Valley being over 130 degrees. Uh, oh, boy, that's why it's called Death Valley, huh? I know, like Sacramento's going to be, I think, 100 or so. I mean, it's it's brutal. You know, way back in the day, I lived in, I was stationed in Fresno, California for a year, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a rental home, and, and we spent the first summer was there. It was 113 for oh. two straight weeks. I mean, those three days with the heat was just absolutely miserable. Oh, yeah, well, for, for us Washingtonians, yeah, it yeah. was yeah, absolutely right. It was a shock to our systems, no doubt. Well, and that's the thing, because I know in the previous two homes that I've lived here before I, uh, we built this one, is that, uh, you know, we didn't have any air conditioning because you figure you didn't need it. It's like, oh, do we need air conditioning for, like, two hot days a year in the 80s? No. Oh, yeah, no, it, it, you're exactly right. The, the mindset is, why do I need it? You right. Know? And like now we're on a stretch. I don't think it's rained since uh, June 18th. And how many days in the 80s have we had 80 plus? Yeah, it's tough times. But Mr. Clayton, the Irish, their recruiting is on fire. Uh-oh. You might say it's a heat wave, Mr. Clayton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're ranked number two in most of the uh, poll rankings for next year, and and uh, also the following year, 22 and 23. They're number two on on pretty much all the recruiting uh, boards. Right. They're saying this is the this class in twenty two. 
may be the best class Kelly has ever recruited at Notre Dame. He's on fire. He's got some great talent. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, first game, this is why we like Notre Dame as independent, Mr. Clayton. They go out and play the big boys. They don't hide like the Alabamas of this world. You know, they call an away game 15 miles away. They, they would call a game in Bellevue as an away game when they're in Seattle. You know, it's phony. But Yeah, but again, it's like uh, Alabama's in the SEC, which is just loaded with great teams, and that's why a conference would be so much better for Notre no, Dame. No, no, no. No. Let's just, well, another day, another time. I'm running out of time today. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a guy I'd like you to follow, Mr. Clayton. Uh, for Notre Dame this year, he's the. Uh, they say he's going to get picked number two in the draft coming up. His name is Kyle Hamilton, All-American safety, mm-hmm. and this kid is is the prototype. There's, there's not going to be a safety taken number two. Come well, on. I well, guess. I don't know what. It, well, I don't. That's his the safety is not going to go number two in the draft. Yeah, that's his position. Okay, Notre yeah, Dame. but that's his position. But he's not going to uh, go the, number two. This, this kid is that great. He is that great. He's he's a, he's a one in a decade player. One of those kind of kids. Yeah. That's why I'm saying you got to watch him for me. Yeah, top Just six. Want you to be I, aware. I can see him top six like Jamal Adams, but not top. He's well, not going to be the second be. player. Like I, I'm just going off of what the chatter is on on the internet. The chatter is the chatter is wrong. The chatter is wrong. Mr. Clayton, how could you say the internet is wrong? No, the chatter is wrong. Oh, I know, I know, but. I'm just yeah, I know. I'm poking the bear here with you, Mr. Clayton. I know, but again, again it's like that's unrealistic to think a safety is well, going to be taken number two. W- watch this kid. Okay, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just uh, he could be that, fantastic. He's that good, Mr. Clayton. Mm-hmm. He's that good. So, but anyway, Florida State is on the horizon, Mr. Clayton. Good team, mm-hmm. great game. Florida State, Notre Dame, history there, Mr. Clayton, history. So you have a great day today, and uh, okay. I, I apparently from earlier conversations, uh, you're freezing down there in the basement. Uh, pretty but, much, yep, absolutely. You know, I've just, got a blanket just, uh, on. Make sure you uh, break off the uh, icicles, you mm-hmm. know, every now and then. I'll try to. All right, have a great day, you All and right. Mrs. Clayton. Go Thank Irish! Eight six six nine seven nine espn 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Robert in Kingsgate. Hey, Robert. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call, um, Professor. I have a couple of questions uh, about Seahawks. Um, First one, Gabe Jackson. How much of a help is he going to be for the offensive line? A lot. I mean, because again, he's a very solid right guard. He's an, you know, mm-hmm. in uh, with the Raiders. You know, he's an eleven million dollar a year guard. He comes in. He's a you know kind of a grinder as far as the run game. All those different things. Good athlete. I think he's going to be a great addition. Okay, and I was reading an article, uh, and they're expecting Puna Ford to have a breakout season this year. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, he's so low to the ground the way his body is, and he's powerful. I mean, you know, you could see from the very rookie year that uh, even though he was undrafted, he looks really good. And, of course, uh, you know, now with Jaron Reed, 
you know, gone and gone to Kansas City is that uh, he has a chance to really step up and even do more things. Do you think Frank Clark is going to see some jail time? Yes, I do. I mean, you know, yeah. again, think about this. It's like, you know, the story came out yesterday uh, with the, you know, a hearing that he had that they got the ch- a felony charge on him. And everybody thought that was on the uh, the one with the Uzi. No, this is the yeah. one on March 13th when he had a, a rifle and a, a pistol in his car, and he could face three years in prison with that. I mean, think about how bad that is when they have the hearing on the Uzi, uh, you know, because, I mean, I, I think right now he's in really bad shape. And, again, it's like uh, we'll see what the Chiefs do about him. But, uh, I mean, I think there's a decent chance. And because you figure, okay, so you get a three-year on the gun and the rifle, and he's probably not going to serve any jail time with that. But with the Uzi and the combination of the two, yes. Yeah, okay. Now, another question. What happened to Earl Thomas? Is he done? Is no, he done I mean, he's football? not done, but right now there's no interest in him. I mean, you know. He was a good player, though. Is there a chance maybe we could reconcile and bring no, him back? No, there's no way. <laughs> I mean, let's put it this way. You can't you can't flip, flip the bird to the coach and the general manager and uh, think that uh, you're going to be coming back to this team. There's no way. Are the Seahawks? I'm just shooting out some questions. And plus, I mean, plus, 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 it's like, uh, where, where's he going to play? I mean, you've got uh, two Pro Bowl safeties right now. True. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's you're correct. Okay. Now, what about um a backup QB for Russell Wilson? Are we ever going to draft a QB, or is that just out of the question? That would offend Russell Wilson doing that. Would he have the same attitude as Aaron Rodgers? Like, hey, what are you doing drafting a QB? You know, mm-hmm. is there any? sense of him taking someone under his wing knowing that he's going to be a second stringer for like five years but he's going to learn under one of the best qbs that yeah well, the, the one thing is you can't be a second stringer for five years because uh rookies only get four-year contracts so okay, it's like well, four- yeah but no I, I think they're comfortable with geno smith and i think they're comfortable with a veteran <coughs> and you know we'll see you know how russell uh, enjoys these next couple years to see if he's going to get a contract extension or not and so, uh, no, I think that, uh, you know, right now there's no plans to do it and there's no need to do it. Gotcha. Well, thank you for your call. Thank you for the okay. time, John. Thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.